and welcome to That Friday Feeling Podcast with me, Helen Bartram. It's episode nine and today I'm joined by a friend of mine, Mr. Paul Fenby, as we talk about journaling, feelings and lots of other interesting things. <laughs> How do I introduce Paul? Um, well, he is, and he's my friend so I'm allowed to say this, he's one of them lads that is really, really sound and also a little bit of a twat. Do you know what I mean? Um, his heart's in the right place. And the reason I invited Paul to come chat to us today was because he's someone who's transformed his life, his relationships and his business after years of dealing with chronic anxiety, which led to depression and intrusive thoughts. And today he shares with us the one thing that everyone told him not to do, that he did do and actually transformed his life. Today Paul helps Today Paul helps men in his local community via the Walk and Talk community support group, offering a safe environment for men to talk. He advises tradesmen in the construction industry on how to overhaul the way they think and feel while completely transforming their business into something they love. And without further ado, let's jump straight in. Right, so journaling. For anyone who doesn't journal, I think um give me your definition of journaling then what is it the definition of journaling it's more for me more of a prompt rather than a a diary so the journal for me has to have like good questions and prompt you to the next part of your day so so will you purposely take a set time out in a day to journal like the same time every day no but this morning and evening but I don't like I don't say I need to journal at eight o'clock every morning or as soon as I get up it's more of um just do it on a morning and evening as long as it gets done obviously on a morning, it's better to do it before you get into your routine, but I'm not, you know, the world's not going to end if I, if I don't journal within 15 minutes of me opening my eyes. That's... Okay, why is it better to do it then before you get into your routine? Because it, it like you said, it, it prompts you and sets you up for your day. And do you have a free flow journaling? So for me, when you said about a diary, I kind of think of journaling as the adult version of keeping a dear diary when you were little. Um, so although I love to be kind of um, have them thought provoking questions, I also like to just kind of, I guess, verbal diary or what's in my head onto paper. Like free writing. Mm. Yeah, so I do that sometimes. I do that sometimes, but I do that with with other stuff like meditation. So I free write when I'm going to meditate rather than free write when I'm going to journal. Because if I'm if I'm free writing, I'm usually letting go somewhere. And if I'm going to let go of something, I want to meditate after it, which is a whole different story, isn't it? I was just thinking, where is that leading to? Um, okay, so back to journaling, and then let's actually touch on meditation. Um, so for journaling, you talk about prompts and actually questioning. And what is the benefits? Like, what has that done for you since implementing that into your life? 
Well, it's a, it's a tough one, right? Because the journals that I have, they have different questions every day. So a prompt is a prompt and it kind of leads to something else, doesn't it, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So I would say it's like, obviously it, it's opened me up a little bit and obviously frees my, frees my mind, you know? So I'm, the beauty of it is with a different set of questions every single day is you're, you're exploring different avenues every single day. So one that crops up quite often is when are you training your focus today and why is that important? And that's like a prompt to meditate at, really, because that's where I train my focus in meditation. Um, another, another one, I'll just go to a different page. Describe a time in your life where you got something just right and how did that feel? So, you know, it's kind of sending you towards a feeling of something or moving towards what you're trying to build on. So bang another one in. I could have, so on a night, I could have made today even better by. So you're reflecting, you know. Um, then there's the all important what if. Just what if. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. What if? Um, okay, that's interesting yeah. then. And actually, will you kind of keep that with you throughout the day? No, no. I open it on a morning. You know, and then open it on a night. So it's not like a, a ritual. It doesn't, like, the journal doesn't command my life. Or I'm not, like, you know, balls deep into it. I just do it and then go with what it, what it, what it, <laughs> just go with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, it's not a big, a big deal. And that's kind of where people go wrong. Like, oh, I'm journaling. Well, that's good. Is it creating freedom or do you need to journal to feel better? Yeah, do, no, you, do you know what I mean? So Yeah, I agree because I think that about a lot of kind of um habits that people implement and it becomes more of a chore. And I think when we stop and think about the purpose and the intention behind it, and is it actually doing that or creating the opposite effect? I agree. So I like to journal every day, but if I'm being honest, I don't always do that. Um, I'm very intuitive in terms of what I feel like I need to do. Um, and maybe that's just a bit of an excuse and um, <laughs> I just get distracted. But I think that when I, if I say to myself, I'm going to journal every single day, I feel that, I feel like it's a pressure. Whereas when yeah. I don't, when I remove that and I actually think, I'm going to journal when I feel like I need to. The chances are I'm going to journal every day, but the day that I forget or the day that I do something else instead, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Yeah, that's it. Like, at the end of the day, the majority of people are, who are journaling, they're doing it to create some type of freedom and getting absolutely stuck on it and needing to do it isn't freedom. So... That's, that's the way I look at it. I do it because I know the benefits of it. I don't do it because like I need to do it because as soon as I need to do something, I'm not free of anything. No, I like that. And I actually, for me, putting pen to paper, I really like and research shows that 
us actually writing with pen and paper is so good for our well-being and I think a lot of the time we're overstimulated by what's on our phone to actually just sit and let something flow from us to pen and paper so I know you mentioned that you wouldn't necessarily free write but for me actually sometimes I feel like I just need to get out my head onto Mm. paper to create that space within me yeah it's like a it's an energy discharge isn't it or like it's a it's you know putting pen to paper it's it's where it's where the magic is because as as just them words being on paper and out of your head and everybody says it as a cliche but if you if you're writing down it does discharge energy it does it's like if you've got too much energy you go for a run and you feel tired after it you've discharged the energy it's it is that's what it is it's a it's an energy discharge or an emotion discharge isn't it like in the, the like you say the free writing it just isn't I do it, but I don't do it like with my journal. So I do that elsewhere, probably because my free writing might be a little bit like it needs work after it because I went berserk on a piece of paper. (laughs) For me, that's actually, that is what part of what I would call journaling. So although it's not in a journal, um, sometimes I've wrote letters to um, like my past self or um, to other people and burnt them. And for me, that's still a part of journaling. Um, it's part of yeah. experience and processing. Um, and I get what you're saying in terms of that potentially opens a can of worms. Um, I think journaling can look very different. It's a personal practice, isn't it? Like everything. Yeah, I think like there's no right or wrong way. Like if you if you understand, the only way you're going to understand the benefits of it is by doing it. And by doing it and by doing it without applying like a pressure or a need or accountability or whatever because as soon as you're doing something for for the wrong reasons you're not going to get the benefit from it you're ticking boxes or you're just doing it for the sake of it and it's like what's a what's the point you know what i mean like i just i just don't get that i don't get I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, have a go, and if you enjoy it, keep it. If you don't, don't. You don't need to do it, but it's good if you do. Yeah, and I think that's it. So for me, um, having a background in having read um, lots of scientific research in these areas, everything like kind of yoga, mindfulness, meditation, journaling, gratitude practice, there's going to be science that backs the benefits of it but it only benefits you if it benefits you if it becomes a bit of a chore it's not really doing the job in my eyes yeah that's it isn't it that's it it's like it only becomes a chore when you when you're not doing it for yourself and you're doing it because you said you'd do it or because you know you spent like i don't know you subscribe to to a to a well to a subscription and you, you spend like 200 pound a year on journals and you feel like it's a waste and you're like i'm just going to fill it out because i'm spending a fortune on that type of thing it's like it's the wrong reasons oh it's not the wrong reasons it's just not the idea of it it's like it's it's to create space it's to free up some space so don't overload your capacity by needing to do it because it's 
doing the opposite and it's silly. Silly. Um, so for anybody who's probably um, starting out in journaling and thinking about, um, hey, this sounds interesting. Um, for me, I would, how I started journaling was just basically writing down, checking in with myself on the morning. How do I feel? Writing it down um, and just getting used to kind of connecting with myself in that way in terms of um, writing down what's going on inside because I feel like it can be overwhelming to start with and if you're not if you haven't really gone down that journey of self-awareness and the inner work and stuff like that to then start having to write what's going on inside on paper for me that's a bit scary okay so it's it's scary but the, re the reality is you're bringing things to to the forefront that you want to deal with. So the, the process isn't scary, but how it can how it can raise feelings can be a little bit uncomfortable. But the whole process is 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 raising them feelings to to ultimately let go of them. So in you know, people say be uncomfortable. What, what do people say? You need yeah. to get comfortable, get comfy being uncomfortable, and that's kind of true. Like you know, you've got to go through a little bit of pain, or you've got to become aware of of what isn't working, and usually that's like a kick in the in the backside, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's some, you know, it, truth hurts. The, the way you feel for me, good, bad, useful, or not so useful, that's ultimately, there's, there's a truth behind it and let go of it. Okay, tell me more about letting go then of the feeling. Well, it's acceptance, isn't it? That's the be all and end all of it. It's like, well, no, okay. So it isn't that isn't the be all and end all of it. To to be to be able to accept, you've got to understand and, and be compassionate, and that's to your to yourself and others, isn't it? Do, do you know what I mean? Like, you can't just <clears throat> say okay is what it is and release the emotion with with that type of sentiment you've got to truly understand it. And I'm not saying understand by digging deep. I'm just saying offer no judgment to it. And just, it, you know, it, yeah, that's it. Like it's hard, it's, unless you can't, it's hard to explain. It's like, observe it. And that, come, that gives you a little bit of understanding, doesn't it? Yeah. Calling and, you know, stewing over it and what ifs and I wish I could and I wish I hadn't that isn't understanding is it and it doesn't lead to acceptance no and it's funny you should mention that because I actually had a conversation this morning about um emotions and acceptance and um the lady who I was talking to was on about having to dig down, find the reasons, um, layer the layers of onions and actually how there's always a deep rooted reason. And for me, 
I don't actually believe that we need to know the reasons. I just need to be here and now in this moment and accept that this is where I'm at. What's your view on that? I think if if you go on, go on a journey of finding reason, then you, you're just going to go on a journey of pain. Because at the end of the day, the majority of us can't remember what we've done or a situation exactly what went on just last week. So if you've had some kind of issue in the past, five years, 10 years, 15 years ago, and you're trying to make sense of that now, you, you never, you categorically never, ever, ever going to find the reason. You're not going to find the reason because you, you, you don't have the whole truth. All you have is your perception of it and your reasons or circumstances or, or, or whatever. All you've got is, is what you took on board and what you've built on all that time. And, you know, it's, it's one of those where if you're searching for reason, you're searching for pain. But maybe as if if you search for meaning, you might get a little bit of acceptance and understanding. Like, why does it mean so much to me? And you bring up, well, you know, you, you bring up the meaning of it, and it's easier to let go when you know the meaning. The reason just doesn't doesn't give an answer. The reason I'll just keep you searching where bring up what it means to you and then let go of that if it doesn't serve you. No, I like that. And is, this, is this too deep for you? For you? <laughs> it's gone for minutes. I didn't think it was going to go, but I'm just going with it. It's all good um, because it's, it's interesting. And I think the reasoning thing, I really like that. It makes sense. For me, the, the, the meaning and the reason very different things and like you say it's only our perception of something that have happened in the past and the research does show that our memory is always distorted um we don't yeah. remember things exactly how they were and then that added on to the fact of what we've attached to it and like you said mm -hmm. built on it so over the years um it doesn't make sense to me and i'm at a place where i don't i don't need to go there to do that I can just actually what am I dealing with right here and to shift that and be able to let go of that I believe that we can actually start to um energetically shift stuff that we're maybe not even aware we're hanging on to um because we're not talking it yeah well that's it because there's no control or no understanding of the reason because it's that distorted where we get to be in charge of the meaning and then we can shift the meaning so you can go searching for a reason and if you if you found it it would be painful but moving moving on from it you've still got to shift the meaning of it so you might as well just work straight from the meaning and forget the reason What's the point in, in the search for something that, that is totally impossible to change? You touched on there just about how we um, 
we can choose and shift the meaning. Yeah. I just want to know more about that. Two people can endure the same situation and two people have a completely different meaning and attitude towards it, yeah? So that tells me it, it kind of, like we're in control of the meaning we attach to any given situation. And if you, if you can, if you did find the meaning behind it or the meaning you attach to the situation, then you, you can understand it. And once you begin to understand it, you can almost like, you can, you can open up to it and be vulnerable to it without all this, I need to do something about it. And that's a form of acceptance. And then obviously, when you understand it, you become compassionate about it, good and bad. It happened because of this and it happened because of that or whatever. But if you understand it, truly understand it, then it, there's only one way from that, and that's letting go of it, isn't there? You're holding on to something that you need reason for. When you found meaning for it, you can make a choice to either let go or hold on to it. So that's the, the fundamental difference is that you can let go if, if you want to. And if you don't want to, that's fine. You know, you want, you want to move that emotion. So the memory will always be there, but the emotion around it, you don't want that energy. Or you do want that energy, whatever suits you. It, it's completely up to us. Like, you know, we don't, we don't go around trying to forget great memories or we don't run around trying to find the reason why we had a wonderful day back in, October the 5th, 1997. So why are we doing that about stuff that doesn't serve us? Why? Because we, we've got that emotion at what happened and we want to release the emotion. So go to the meaning and move the emotion from the meaning or release it or accept it. You're not forcing it or controlling it. You're, you're understanding of it. You accept it and choose what you want to do with it. Let it go or yeah, keep it makes perfect sense and I think how our brains are wired in terms of keeping us safe and the negative bias actually knowing that we can have that and still survive but we don't have to hang on to the painful stuff or the good stuff equally um mm -hmm. that actually there's a way that we can use our body um and brain to survive and keep us safe but then equally living a place of freedom and not being, I guess, overridden by emotions, overwhelmed by emotions. Yeah. Like obviously the nervous system's a strange thing, isn't it? And people talk about fight and flight and you know other things. My view on it is obviously, you know, it. I think the tension in your body has a lot to do with how you feel. And if you've had sustained stress for a number of years, then you've got momentum in not feeling great. And so I think that people would benefit from, from releasing some of that tension, definitely. And that isn't like practicing your way out of flight and fight or practicing your way out of like low mood or depression it's more 
you've got to understand where you're at and that'll do a, the majority of the release for you. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah and I think accepting where you're at as well instead of kind of just doing we live in a world where everyone does and it's busy and um there's a lot of avoidance and a lot of numbing that I think goes on so that people don't have to feel the feels and I think there's often some kind of resistance or even fear about feeling the feelings yeah <laughs> absolutely and that's that's like kind of where i i think that people stay stuck is in that the, the the mind and the body and the soul is so stressed yet they're offering so much resistance towards what what is that that creates even more stress it's like you know it's like weightlifting the more resistance the bigger the muscle and that's the same with of stress and low mood and anxiety and stuff the more you resist it the, the bigger it's going to get and it doesn't help that the majority of the, the personal development world are saying doing big things create massive goals and you know and push your way out of it that'll that'll work for quite a lot of people but some it won't work for and some people just need to sit with themselves and they don't need to. Some people could sit with themselves and find a release from just being willing to experience what, what's going on because it's the resistance that's causing the causing more of it. No. Like that, this is this is this is my experience. So that's so I'm gonna be biased against it, but I've never I've never got anywhere by stressing myself out trying to do more the, the only time that I came back round to even coping was when I, I surrendered to to what is and that isn't saying I'm an anxious person or I'm depressed or I've got bipolar or you know it's just saying this is what's going on right now within me and this is what what should be going on because it, it just is what is do you, do you know what I mean? How can I move away from it? Well, I need to surrender to it, let go, accept it, and then buy it. Then all of a sudden, you're just moving forward because you're not like trying to conquer the world on a fucked foundation. I love that. <laughs> um, I actually think that so the word surrender is so important because there's so much power in it in terms of just surrendering to the moment surrendering to how we feel and I agree in terms of the the resistance and the big goal thing and I think that ultimately a lot of things no matter how the package are just distraction from the now and that doesn't mean to say that you can't have big aspirations in life and set out to achieve them but actually for me it's about having that balance between um doing it from the right place and not doing it as a plaster yeah it, the, the thing is right you know it's temporary solution to a long-term issue you know distract yourself and push towards something does feel good 
but it's it, the outcome is fleeting, always, always fleeting, because naturally, naturally, we just want more, and what we want more of is to feel good. So, people kind of attach feeling good to these external things, and because the 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 rooted in their now being low mood or issues, it's natural to go and find what could be called happiness in an external based or materialistic based goal. And that's all well and good, but you've, at the end of the day, you've always got to come back to yourself once that goal is complete. So find it within you, find it, you possess it, so find it. And if you if you feel like you don't possess it, allow it, create some room, let go and create some room to, to feel it. I shouldn't speak like it's common sense. I shouldn't speak like it's common sense because it's, it's totally against the grain. And I get it. But this is someone that's chased goals and money and fancy stuff and always felt not very nice at the end of it. <laughs> and as soon as I created some space to, as soon as I created some space to feel how I, well, to generate some feelings that I want to feel and let go of some of the not so useful ones, I, I feel a little bit better. And I'm not chasing or hunting or stressing over things because I know I've, I've got the ability to raise whatever I want within me. I can't raise a million pound in my bank within me, but I can raise the feelings of being a millionaire with, within me. So, and that's all we're after. We're only, we're only after to feel something. That's all we're doing. It's not the million pound in the bank or the big fancy car. It's how we feel when we've got them and we can just do that anyway. So why not? Yes, there's probably people listening right now that think you are barking mad <laughs> or hugging trees or something um but at such valid points and I think you are absolutely right in terms of we can create within us um all of the fields and when we focus on a goal and attach that to a feeling I will feel whatever it is when I have this thing that to me is admitting in the present that there's a lack of that right now does that make sense? Yeah, because there is a lack because the, the lack is that they don't have the skills to create the feeling. That's the only lack. They don't lack the feeling. They have this, the, they lack the skills to create them. So address that. Okay, let's address that. How do we create the skills? How do we do that? How do you get the skills to create the feeling? Yeah. Journaling. Journaling. Meditation. Letting go. Accepting. Understanding. You know. Create create some space. Allow it. Just allow it. Because we, we, we stop ourselves so much. It's, it's, it's bonkers. It's bonkers. Like, why are we stopping ourselves from feeling good? when we can we can do it like that 
because we're too busy chasing the, the feeling instead of creating the feeling. So how would, how would you do it? Obviously, journaling, a good journal that, that, that asks good questions. Meditation, obviously, just there's, meditation isn't just closing your eyes and we'll sign it. You know, that isn't, that isn't meditation. Meditation's got structure. It's got, you know, it's got getting present and then allowing yourself to feel whatever you want to feel and then creating some of the feelings that you want to feel. That's like a basic level meditation, but most people just want to sit there in silence and then they wonder why they can't turn off the thoughts because that it's not about controlling your thoughts. It's about inducing them through the way that you feel. I just, I just, or yeah, maybe it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying, I'm saying totally opposite to what most of the world teaches. Okay. Tell me more about that then. Tell me more about the thinking and the feeling and how does that work? Are you ready? You're ready to go into it, like because because like okay. So there's a misconception that thoughts creates feeling. This is just my view. So and people speak about subconscious mind and, and all the rest of it. What a lot of people don't take into consideration is your senses create feeling as well and the thought will induce and give it momentum so obviously we can't pick up on our senses well or we don't have a conscious awareness of our senses okay yeah, we're trying to control the way we feel from what our senses are bringing to us. So that's kind of where the battle lays, and I believe the misconception is the is the the thought creates the emotion. It, it's all it's you know <laughs> thought will trigger emotion but so will so will our senses and it, it's mad okay so you know you're walking down the street and you sense that somebody's behind you you don't think it you sense it you turn around and there's somebody behind you but what happens is you sense that somebody behind you and then let's say it's a dark alley you feel fear you don't think fear you feel fear you turn around there's somebody behind you and then you think oh my god what's somebody doing behind me down this dark alley in the night and all the rest of it and that's the only way that i can describe that i believe why i believe that our senses have a lot to do with like the our, our emotions yeah i agree with that and i think fab example because i was trying to think of an example when you were talking about that process then I actually believe that it can go back over so the the thinking can then um, ignite yeah. more feelings within us. Yeah, yeah. So so what's happening is, I'm not saying this is like a lot, like 99.9% .9 of the time, but I think this is where 
people kind of you know can get a little bit confused like then that thought kind of triggers a pattern and all of a sudden we're wrapped up in our in our thoughts and you're trying to battle your mind with your mind is hard the only way that your mind kind of slows down is when you feel okay when you feel okay and then your mind turns off so this this is kind of what i'm getting at like feeling first create the feeling and your mind's going to going to follow that feeling and it's going to chirp in and chip up and give you a bit of grief now and again but like i said it takes it i think it takes a lot of courage for your heart or the way you feel to master your mind and not the opposite way around because it involves surrender it involves acceptance it involves love compassion understanding yeah that's what i i Sorry, <laughs> I agree because, but I think that for some people that potentially makes them feel more vulnerable and out of control. Of course it does because like I'm no master of it. Like our, our feelings can, if engaged with thought can be really, really tough on us. And it can really, it can really, you know, wear us out it uses a lot of our energy and it, it is a, like i'm not gonna it's it's a battle but it's not a battle because surrender isn't battle it's a battle willing to surrender but surrender doesn't involve battle acceptance doesn't involve battle it just involves like all right okay this is what's going on do, do you know what i mean it's like if you go back to the nervous system, you know, you've, you've got fight or flight. And then after that, you've got surrender, basically. And if, if and I can't bear this one, right? But let's say you're getting chased by a, by a beast back in, like, the Stone Age. If you're in flight and fight, you're going to fight it or run. And once you get past that stage, once it's grabbed you, you surrender and, you, and you, you basically just collapse. And then what happens, happens. And that's, the, that's where it lies. That's where it is. Just what happens, happens. That's acceptance. That's surrender. That's freedom. Because in reality, there's no big lion or tiger or whatever chasing you. Is there? It, no, there isn't. And that's it. So nowadays, what, what probably instigates fight or flight in a lot of people it it's no threat at all to us it's a perceived threat and it's our brain going hold up this is a this is a threat but actually what our body was made to do in terms of survival doesn't suit the way we live nowadays yeah that's it so a perceived threat which you could say is what we're because because there's, there's there's nothing there, there's nothing in front of us that poses a threat, yet we feel it. So the only way that we can be picking up a threat is through perception and sensory. And this is why I'm getting to with, it, with like our senses will create an emotion and our thought will give it power and meaning. And to, yeah, to, 
there's only one way in my in my in my mind, which is a bit close-minded, but you've got to be accepting of what is. And like when that tiger's caught you, surrender to it. And it's more than likely to leave you alone. It's true. Unfortunately, it's true. It's true. It's like it's it's mad, but like you know, if a, if a lion's chasing the antelope and the antelope gets caught, it goes limp, and because it's gone limp, the lion has no interest in it, or it gets eaten up. It depends which way you want to look at it. So surrendering is the key. Surrendering is the key because there's no lion. Well, no, not really. There isn't. <laughs> Unless there is. It's a perceived threat. Okay, cool. I love that. Um, I actually agree with your line of thinking about the the senses. Um, and although you said you mentioned about not being aware, I think we can potentially train ourselves to become more aware of our senses. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that you can stop the the flow. But I think for me, there was something that you mentioned about um, a perceived threat. And actually, how does this work then? The perceived threat has been created in my brain. So I'm literally sat here now. Yeah. And I think back to something that happened last year and it knocks me into fight or flight how does that work because that that isn't a did something happen last year or did it not that's what that's it like (laughs) no what i mean is like if you've got a memory of something which is emotionally charged and it was a frightening experience then that obviously has an emotional charge to it and something did happen. So you've got to go back to when it happened and what was what was the threat? What's the meaning you've given to it? Was it true or false? Don't need the reason why it happened, just what's the meaning I'm giving to it? Do, do you know what I mean? And then once you've got a mean once you put me once you understand that you've put a meaning towards something you're more understanding of it and more in charge of where you want to go with it back to what we spoke about but again if you try to find the reason why it happened and why you're it's triggering like flight or fight or anxiety or whatever then you're just trying to find reason again take control of the meaning okay cool i think we've kind of gone off on a little bit of a tangent there (laughs) away from journaling um but useful nonetheless and actually um probably leading well to um actually for me journaling and that process of getting stuff out my head um to understand that i can kind of what i call brain dump that so just get it out my brain Um, is a part of the kind of acceptance of where I'm at and a part of my natural process um so yeah really helpful 
sound. Anything else you want to add? No, no, I'm, I'm all right. All oh. good. Well, thanks. Well, I told you it was going to get interesting. Um, really grateful for um, Paul sharing his insights and actually you might want to go back and re-listen to that at some point and just digest. See you guys next week.